You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of December 20th, 2020. That's a whole lot of 20s. Episode 174. From that blowing me down city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And follow Allah, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, oh my goodness, it's almost Christmas time, ladies and gentlemen, but we got something for the watch fam. Check this out. We're going to talk about timepieces, horology. Yeah, that's actually a term. And all the things that go tick and talk. Coming up next on the Bellingham Podcast. You gotta be careful saying TikTok these days. We're not talking about social networks. How you doing, Chris? I was thinking I would be getting into hot water with that other term to describe watch aficionados or horology. St- yeah, that one. H o r o. Yeah, horo. I know. As I know. In the study of time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how Good are Jeopardy. you? Do- <laughs> All right, you should be the new host of Jeopardy. Okay, yeah. Oh, pour one out for Alex Trebek. But yes. yes, that could be that could be interesting. I would make it a lot more fun. I can imagine so, especially after what are we drinking? What are we drinking? So we are drinking. This is um, this is a Pacific Northwest delight. This is uh, Market Spice Tea from Market Spice down in uh, Pike Place Market in Seattle. Established, uh, sorry guys, stray 1970 something. A, a while back. A while back. Anyway, this is the orange spice tea that is tasty all around. Awesome. And and this is this is a tasty beverage, uh, as Samuel Jackson would say, <laughs> in uh, Pulp Fiction. And for all of those out there listening in who have, like me, misophonia, allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, misophonia is the the hatred of those kind of annoying sounds. I see. But see, like if you were in Japan, like you're sipping it very loudly, that would be like a, sh- uh, you know, showing how much you do uh, enjoy that delectable tea. I'm bad. I'm worldwide, man. Thank you for the tea. All right, let's talk about uh, watches. And this one's for the watch fam, y'all. Merry Christmas. Go for it. Merry Christmas, watch fam. Yeah, so this is a, a collective episode. Uh, I, I mean, throughout the year, usually we have like watch fam punches and stuff of a punch in of, of episodes, but this one we kind of collected. So we're distilling a lot of different things. And Chris and I are going to be talking about uh, watch trends in general and just some of the cool stuff that I acquired in, in 2020. And uh, yeah, just and where things fam. are headed and where things are hopefully headed. That's right. Um, so looking back familiar, there is a spinoff show, a mini series that we did uh, called The Analog Explorer. And in it, there are five uh, interviews of different people within the watch fam. Actually, there's six because in 2020, I was planning on doing like a second run, and we got started with uh, Zoo, uh, Darren over at, in the UK for Zulu Alpha Straps. But of course, you know, 2020 happened. Yeah, that that's a thing. So uh, maybe there might be an, an AE season two uh, at some point in the future. AE 2.0 for 2021. Ooh, that's good. I don't mess around, G. <laughs> anyway, um, take a look back at those those episodes. So we, so we got links to all of those individual episodes. And for the love of Cowboy Bob Orton and his son Randy. Drink! Drink! Uh, and if you wanted to get all of them in one wad, uh, we also got a link to this Analog Explorer miniseries on Anchor FM. Yes. So this contains all of them in one shot. Yeah. But also there's another link that we got that I want to draw your attention to. And here's where AJ and I really don't do a whole lot of self-publicity. So we're gonna, I'm going to do a form. Uh, back in... Back in the day, AJ created a physical uh, the, the publication called the Analog Explorer. This is still available yeah. uh, for a nominal price. And as we talked about in a previous episode, you got your freelancers, you got your creators, you got your makers. Throw them some bucks. 
send some cashola their way. Oh, by the way, I went on the the site uh, where we have here to buy the Analog Explorer Volume 1. Still looking forward to Volume 2. There's a little pop-up on that website in which you might, depending on your mileage may vary, and where you visit this website can save thirty five percent on your yeah. purchase. Yeah, no, I've got a because it's it's been almost two years, so I, I put a, a little bit of a you know discount just for the holidays. And it's stuff. two years old, but like AJ, the publication is timeless. Yeah, well, that that's the whole purpose of the the analog manifesto, and that which will dovetail nicely in episode one seventy five coming. There you soon. go. And stay tuned for that one coming up towards the end of the year. Yeah, so let's let's dive into the the kind of the trends and news. So a lot of this episode, I'm going to frame a little bit and. In that mini series, it wasn't just a, a shameless plug for that show, but the um, so recently I, I had my truck worked on, uh, had some warranty work down at Toyota. Um, actually, shout out to Trevor. Uh, uh, if you're listening to the show, Trevor, I think you're the goods. Um, so Trevor, he, he, you know, he's my dude that I usually go to and he takes care of my truck. Yes. And uh, when, when he was doing all the paperwork, I noticed that he had something different on his wrist. And I just looked down and just simply said, hey, nice quality. And he looks at me, looks at his wrist, and he goes, you're a watch guy? <laughs> and I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, a friend here at work, uh, you know, he was t- t- kind of got me into watches and stuff. And, you know, I, I found out about this, this brand name Squale and stuff. And, and it's just interesting, Chris, because in the Analog Explorer, um, two years ago when that show was, was run, you know, the intro, the trailer of it was is that chances are that if you look at your wrist, you probably don't have a wristwatch on. And if you take a look around you, if you see somebody, hey, say nice watch, you know, you might get a story or two out of it. And it's just funny that fast forward, the trend, the times are changing. And, you know, here is a younger gentleman um, who is being is successful in his professional life, who threw down on a, a Squale, which is a Swiss made watch, very good uh, uh, diver's watch. And I think it was an Atmos. And, you know, you know, he told me a little bit of a story of how he acquired it and stuff. And, and the fact that he wanted something that was just you know, something that can go along with him in his professional life. And I think more and more, Chris, we're going to start to see that come into more pop culture. Watch famming is not just a fringe thing anymore. No, actually, it'll, it'll, I got a feeling it's going to go mainstream. We're going to talk about that later on in this show about our predictions in 2021. Yeah. Uh, when we stare into our sapphire crystal ball, mm. if you will, for the uh, watch face of the future. Absolutely. There's some anti reflective coding of 2020 <laughs> on there. Okay, buddy. Yes. And all that other stuff. So, so, <laughs> so um, case in point, this year in 2020, uh, I think it was back in March or April, the New York Times actually ran a piece on the podcasts, uh, like watch po- predominant watch podcasts that are available. Of course, Hodinkee was listed, uh, the gals over at 10 and 2, um, Two Broke Watch Snobs and stuff. And it's interesting, like, again, they kind of put the collective of um, who the who's who at the zoo of yeah. the watch fam and, and specifically podcasts. But uh, nevertheless, like the fact is, is that in 2020, if you would have told me that, you know, watch fam podcast would make the New York Times. What? Well, if I told you in 2019 that we would all be working from home, you would have been saying, are you high on crack? What? (laughs) So anyway, stranger things have occurred. Good on the New York Times for actually waking up and smelling the TikTok automatic bezel to friggin' all those things I want to talk about. So anyway, also in that, again, bringing it more as an acknowledgement of the fact that this is not just a fringe thing. UNESCO, you know, the folks that that put heritage sites on the map, literally, 
uh, just announced this last week at the time of this recording that, quote, the, the, craftsman, the craftsmanship of mechanical watchmaking and art mechanics is now deemed a heritage status. And what this is, is it's the region uh, that the, the, the Jura, uh, forgive me my Swiss and French friends if I'm saying that wrong, the Jura mountain region, um, which is representative of um, a huge swath of both Swiss and French mechanical watchmaking that's practiced in those countries are, are all in that region. It's getting its props. It's getting its historical props. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, again, like, seeing the fact that in this digital age, mechanical, automata, horological stuffs um, are being recognized not just in a uh, more modern sense, but as a traditional or cultural staple. Yeah, it's not an anomaly or a, a retro kind of thing. No. Uh, this is an indication, a very strong indication that the a huge adoption, worldwide adoption of slabs of glass and screens have just taken over our lives and everyone, everyone, the world yeah. is is got to be experiencing fatigue yeah. and they're looking for something else and why having something on your person that is an extension of your personality. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. What a great idea! And here's how it comes back again with a with a vengeance mm -hmm. with a with all of the watches and watchmakers. But in that same vein, you mentioned the fact that it's a representation of somebody's personality. And you know, the a big thing that you see in the watch fam that's been a trend forever is uh, a ping of nostalgia. Like mm -hmm. there is there was a golden age of watchmaking and especially in sport watches, which is the the 50s and 60s era. You know, you've got the the traditional divers, you've got the classic looks and stuff. And I think um I think really when it comes to all of that, it's I think it's it's a two it's a twofold thing. One, it's a representation of somebody's personality, but two, it also is a throwback of that was like that was the pinnacle of what design was. You know, not to say that that design can't get better from that, but like it was a benchmark. It was the benchmark of of all things form and function, and it's hard to break that mold. And I think a lot of brands get catch a lot of flack for just you know quote going nostalgic or doing a a heritage throwback piece. I don't I don't fault them for that. I mean, one will always double neck, rubber neck, yep. double take. That's what I was trying to say. Whenever they see a classic muscle car yep. growling down the road. Now, you know, you've got this the Shelby Mustangs, the sure. Dodge Challengers, all these muscle vehicles, but you give me a Hemi Cuda. Oh yeah. On on Meridian Street, God help them, because they're not going to be able to go over ten miles an hour anyway. You wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. It's all about what it sounds like, not yes. how fast you're going. Yes, you will always be looking to that and going, "Wow." Yeah. Same thing applies to those original mid twentieth century yep. uh, timepieces, mm -hmm. and uh, but there's a, that what you said earlier. There's a story behind them. Yep. And there's legacy, and there's the juju, and there's the juju. The, the, the juju voodoo, and the the the, the, the other um, mojo that's yeah. with that watch. And we're starting to see that occur as the attention about, well, I have the latest iPhone. I have the latest uh, this and that. I've got the, what other kind of bling can I uh, publicize? Yeah. And I think it's starting to affect uh, the young folks as well. Yeah. So, I mean, no watch fam person is going to be delusional as to not acknowledge the Apple watch. I mean, the Apple watch definitely, I find it ironic um, that the same company that basically killed the wristwatch with the thousand thongs in its pocket and the iPhone 
basically is putting more watches on wrists than like the the whole of Switzerland. Yep. You know, and yes, there there is this notion of high lux or you know luxury stuff, and I'm not talking about the luxury side of horology. If you want, you, there are plenty of podcasts for the haute haute yeah. Haute-orology, yeah. Yeah, uh, but again, like it's this notion that at the end of what 36 months, 48 months, that Apple Watch is basically depleted, and then what? You know, like you're going to sell it. You're going to, there's no way to maintenance those things. Yes. Don't throw shade at me. Yes. I know you can service them, but relatively speaking, it is not at the same level as if you were to work on a mechanical watch or even a quartz watch for that matter. And also think about future proofing or the, or what will be, things will be like in 2030. Will the Apple watch series three that you may have gotten a discount with be relevant in 2030? Oh, that, automatic uh, movement watch that you're currently rocking, that's still going to be valid and appreciated 10 years from now and still functional because iOS, oh, I don't know, 23 <laughs> uh, or watch OS 13. There we go. Will, yeah. Will uh, probably make the watch series three that's currently on your wrist. Bellingham podcast listeners, if you're in the Apple click, that may will probably be obsolete. Yeah. And a lot of the things that I get, especially from, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very fringe millennial. Uh, I, you know, if you look at the, the time scope of when a millennial is deemed as a generation, I'm, I'm at the very top of it. I'm an elder millennial. Thank you very much. But Do I call you Gandalf? Or... <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you shall not pass, young whippersnapper. <laughs> you shall not have the secondhand sweep. Anyway. Um, but millennials and, and Gen Zers, I think really what what's happening is, is that you have a little bit of that nostalgia that we just described, as well as a lot of that those generations coming into their own pre, pre pre Rona professionally, and so there's this awakening of wanting to commemorate that life, you know, achievement. You know, getting your big boy pants on, as it were, or big person pants on, right? And so, you know, having that traditional wristwatch, whether it's quartz or or, or automatic, like I'm I'm not, you know, we're gonna talk about a, a quartz watch later in the show, but like it's one of those things where um, it doesn't matter what it is, it's it's something that you're going to wear for a long duration of time. Male, female, does not matter. Like, I, I know a lot of women that also commemorate a big achievement with a big watch. And that can be as simple as a watch that, you know, is nominal in price, but they get the case back engraved. Because, again, it's something they want to carry with them or or get serviced or whatever. It's not about necessarily the time piece. I hate to use the the cliche from Accutron. Uh, it's, it's not a time piece. It's a conversation piece. Yes. You know, it's... It's that notion, though, Chris. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's that notion that an Apple Watch simply doesn't do, or a smartwatch, Fitbit, I don't care, it doesn't doesn't do. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see how things turn out as years progress in the evolution of the Apple Watch, because it does fill a purpose. It does. I'm not throwing it under the bus. It's no, a tool. But there are also plenty of other watches that we're going to talk about that fit a purpose that are a heck of a lot cooler. Yeah, and you know what else is a heck of a lot cooler and has a purpose that fills a lot of voids. What's that? KMRE 102.3 FM. Oh yeah, that community powered radio station here in Bellingham also <laughs> streaming uh, all over the darn world on KMRE.org. That one, right? That one. Yes. So Chris, uh, pop pop quiz, hot shot. Hit me. In Top Gun, Maverick is wearing a very bespoke timepiece. Do you know what timepiece is on his wrist? Was it the Mickey Mouse Timex? Absolutely not. Okay, uh, freaking. Uh, let's see. <laughs> in Miramar, a fighter pilot in 1986 who uh, drives a sport bike 
and uh, romances his teacher, which is really creepy in some cases, uh, and and plays shirtless volleyball with his uh, co-pilot. Uh, I'm going to say that that guy is wearing a Hamilton. <laughs> Very close. No, it's actually it was a Porsche. It was a murdered out Porsche design. And if you wanted to know more about that watch, there's actually a dedicated website on the web for whether you're in the watch fam or you're in the movie fam like you, Mr. Powell. <laughs> Watch-ID.com. Sounds good. It is the the IMDB of watches in movies, folks. If you ever wanted to know that, or if you caught something in American Psycho, if you wanted to know what was on... Patrick Bateman's wrist. wrist, You could go find out. Wolf of Wall Street, same thing. And it's funny because prop masters Mm -hmm. actually pick certain pieces for certain characters, and there are usually stories uh, attributed to why those actors wear them. So... Fun bit of uh, trivia if you were ever wondering where you can go find what that bespoke timepiece was. Very cool. So in the in the watch sphere, uh, a few things that are kind of growing is the fact that there are the these these independents, um, and this is admittedly where I I, t- I tend to gravitate towards. Um, some people call them micro brands, but honestly, what the the independent resurgence reminds me of is back in the fifties and sixties when you know, traditional dive watches were being developed. Developed, folks. We're talking Jacques Cousteau strapping on tanks and figuring out how people can go under the water. Without 3D printing. And without dying. Yeah. Watches kind of uh, evolved to the point where people in, in pop culture wanted to wear them because they're rugged, they served a purpose. Again, there was no cell phones back then. And skin divers were created that were the kind of more lightweight, um, more accessible. You found them in department stores. Um, you see things like Wittenauer being developed. Um, Montgomery Ward had, had a brand, um, you know, Legant, which is a watch that I have. And I find that these independents today are doing the, very much the same thing of those uh, skin divers of yesteryear, offering a lot of bang for your buck and creating some really skookum stuff. Could, that, could it be that uh, as we talk about some of these uh, watch manufacturers that you got, that this, these independents... Mm-hmm are in some cases offering a lifestyle timepiece? Lifestyle, I, I would actually, lifestyle with a lowercase l because lifestyle these days in like social media has a whole different like connotation. Hey guys, I want to talk about lifestyle blog. No, not like that. Oh, anyway, no, sorry. Just, I, oh, hey guys, I just that, that phrase. Yeah. Mm, my students uh. know never to use that phrase. So no, lifestyle with regard to the fact that giving the everyday person a timepiece that is form and function, durable, supported, and just a really, really good design. At the top of my list, and again, none of these, none of these brands that you're going to hear are sponsoring the show. These are just in no particular order. No particular order. Well, actually, no. I, well, actually, no. No particular order. I'll give you that. Um, top of my list uh, is going to be Baltic watches out of France. The 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 Baltic Iconoscope bronze that I've had on. My wife got me for Father's Day of 2020, and it has basically been my watch of COVID. I'm working on a post about it. And Baltic is, I mean, Etienne, if you're listening, dude, you, you got an open open invitation to, to, to be on the show or on the Analog Explorer, because I think Baltic's got got what, uh, as, as I was describing, the, the whole notion of like the resurgence of skin divers or that era in spades. You know, they have a GMT that just recently uh, got launched. They have this bronze. They've got more classic, the HMSs, which are more of a sector dial. And all of them are reasonably priced. There's a style for everyone, male or female. And it's just that classic styling that anybody can wear 
and don't have to worry. Like, go and do stuff with this stuff. There's a watch that Baltic did for a, a swimmer or diver that swam through the plastic void. You know, that, that glob of, like, garbage out in the ocean. Oh, yes. And they made a watch for that 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 gentleman. Um, and I believe they auctioned it later. You know, this is a company that openly is just like, use our watches. Use them. Like, you don't have to make these things safe queens. And that's the thing that um, I want to bring out that if you don't understand the, the concept of a safe queen, these are, in the watch family, if you're a collector, you you may acquire watches for an investment where you take it, you set it in a safe, and you don't really wear it. Not my thing. Like, all of my watches, new or old, get wrist time. And I like any company, whether that's Baltic or Fair or any of these other ones I'm going to mention, they really do stand behind their pieces. And I think that's important, especially... Uh, in today's era, like if you're going to have one of these pieces and it's going to mark an occasion and live on your wrist, you know, it's getting heirloom status with every day you wear it, you know, as opposed to a tech piece the, of tech. The patina is uh, in progress on your wrist right now based on your use and oh, abuse yeah. in daily as your daily driver, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. No, like I said, this basically, I, I mean, full disclosure, the 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 Aquascaf bronze is basically, I think it's, I probably have like the darkest, I'm not bragging here, but I probably have the darkest bronze aquascaf that I've seen on Instagram. There you go. It is, pro besides it and how is the PNW001, the, the, I've gotten more comments about, or questions about this watch. Like I said, I, 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 I can't laud, you know, Baltic enough for, for what they're doing. Another one um, on the other side of the pond uh, is Fair out of the UK. Hands down. I think Fair probably has some of the best case designs and just best overall aesthetic full stop. And I just, I like the fact that they're a company that is around adventure. All of their pieces are named after either a ship or an endeavor. It's just something that if you're an adventurer, some type of person, most of us here on the PNW can have an affinity for that. Your first stop should be Fair. Like look at something there. Um, and on top of that, you're looking at Swiss grade stuff. Baltic has a mix of both Japanese movements as well as Swiss movements. But Fair, man, like, oh, man, their cases are phenomenal. I love my Rocher. So take a look at them. Bringing it back here in the United States, Orion Watches, which is led by Nick Harris. Shout out to him. Uh, he'll forever have a shout out from me because uh, I think he's a, a cornerstone in, in the watch mod community. He, he's a gentleman that studied at the Seattle Watchmaking School, and now he's on the other side of uh, our country with his own company. Uh, and Orion Watches, you know, they are, I think probably, again, his case design is probably one of the most unique that I've seen. And he, he designed it around a movement that has a very thin profile Everything about that watch is about hugging your wrist, so it blends into you. What Nick is doing with Orion watches, is in, Orion watches is indicative of the growing trend that we have seen in the 21st century. A lot of people want to have individualization yeah. with their exterior. Mm -hmm. They want to have something that's one of a kind that is going to be noticed. And uh, Nick's designs in what's going on to be unique. You got the story. You got the you got the interest peaked. But uh, very impressive as far as the the attention to detail that goes oh, yeah. on. And it's it's indicative versus a top worldwide manufacturer that's just making widespread uh, designs and only having a few subtle changes per watch design yeah per the models uh, nick's really doing some good work no he is and what's great also about nick is that he's very open like if you follow him on social he flat out will show you everything that's going on on his bench 
um, why he does certain things, why he prices certain things. Like, you know, he's a no nonsense type of, of gentleman. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got nothing but kind words about him. Um, the few times that I've been able to chat with him, which is not much, Chris, honestly, like, um, he, we'll change that in 2021. <laughs> he did hook me up with the case that eventually became my S kick zero three one, which, you know, I'm over the moon of. So like I said, check out Orion watches. He is a watch mod aficionado who became a watchmaker. Who's just a cool dude in my book. And then uh, lastly is a, a more a little bit more obscure uh, brand, but closer to us here in the Pacific Northwest, Aries. Aries is actually just south of us, Chris. The the my understanding about this the the owner and proprietor of Aries watches is he was former CIA, and so he makes a mission timer watch that is just heck built for stout, kind of in the same vein as Elliot Brown. I, I probably. Cl- uh, qualify Aries as like the Elliot Brown of the Pacific Northwest. Well, this is a, a case that if it's good enough for our uh, people in service or <laughs> yeah. our government, yeah, yeah, we could tell you about how the watch is made, but then we'd have to kill you. Exactly, yeah. right? This may self this podcast may self-destruct <laughs> in three, two. So Aries, <laughs> Aries watches, if you're looking for a Pacific Northwest brand watch, um, again, uh, for, in the case of both uh, Orion and Aries, I don't have any of these watches. These are just ones that have been on my radar for quite some time. But take a look at Aries, man. Their mission timer is looks robust. I mean, Ethan Hunt would rock an Aries watch. That could very well be. <laughs> and the best part about this is, you know, the, as you talked about the New York Times article, what is yeah. occurring to me is, yeah, that's great for the Top, top Gun <laughs> watch podcast to talk about the big names. Yeah. The Bellingham podcast. Talking about the watch fam, here's here's some shouts out, shouts out, shouts out, sh- shout outs, <laughs> shouts outs to the independent ones, the ones that are uh, really doing great work, but may not be making all of the huge headlines. We want to give them some press. Yeah, yeah. So in that same vein, Chris, I've been jabberjawing a lot about this. You, as someone who is very minimal in the watch fam, but still a part of the watch fam, what do you see in this sphere, dude? Well, if you haven't found out by now, or if you haven't noticed by now, in this episode, I am pretty much the flavor flave to your Chuck D. Word. Uh, in this public enemy uh, podcast about watches and what's going on in 2021. What I'm seeing or what I would notice in, and by the way, I don't have my crystal ball is kind of like fractured, and sure. so it's not very clear. But what I would imagine is with the success for the past four to five years of the Apple Watch, many companies are going to try to emulate that a square face integration, invisible integration, if you will, with a mobile device. This is where more uh, companies are going to get into the game to try to take market share away hmm. from the Apple Watch. That's just one thing that I'm seeing because, unfortunately, while we are talking about the analog life yeah. and uh, more people, the, the the majority, are still really enjoying to hear that uh, ding, ding. ding, ding notification and to get the vibrating ping. Uh, thing on Boom. the wrist. Yeah. Whoop. And along those lines, as we've talked about on this show, there's a, there's a personalization, a customization that we all are looking for. And when an independent, uh, agile watchmaker is able to do a limited edition run, yeah. one more reason to get this because it's one of 500, yeah. one of 1500. Yeah. Now you're part of a click. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I got, I got this watch because you have a recognizable logo or design, but now it's this model, which is all that much more covetous Mm -hmm. for others around. Everyone wants to stand out. You know, more and more, I got a feeling that for those who would be thinking of a watch, oh, I just need to throw down 25 bucks at a department store Mm -hmm. and get something that, you know, matches my dress or matches my slacks. Now you're going to realize that 
people are dropping seven to 800 bucks on a mobile phone, yeah. the same principle can be applied to what's on the wrist. And so, you know, as four digits for a phone, uh, for a, a watch, that will probably be, okay, I'll figure out a way to, to do that if, for those who have the cashola uh, liquid assets to be able to do that. Um, but otherwise, distancing from the mindset that I just need to have something on my wrist because you're getting something that's going to be quality yeah. and a story behind it. Again, looping back to what we're saying about generationally, millennials and Gen Zers tr- typically are more sustainably focused. So again, it's one less I got to have it type of thing. You have the minimalist culture where if you have that one thing, you know, it it feeds into a generational shift that I I think the watch fam unbeknownst is kind of riding the the, the wave of. And the fact is that we have two generations that are predominantly, you know, uh, experiences over things. And if there is a thing, there has to be an experience attached to it, which I I find interesting. And since we've been uh, on lockdown in our residences, there's going to be more experiences once we are able to go maskless and get out and about, move about the cabin again. And what what wonderful way is to bring something with you that can actually pass through TSA without too much uh, discernment. But anyway... All right, so I've been using my a clock on my uh, neck like Flavor Flav. Very to, blinged out, bro. Very exactly. Blinged. Let's go to this. You know, we're as we're uh, putting a bow on this uh, Watch Fam episode. Let's talk about quality assurance. Ah, uh, quality assurance—that favorite part of the, every episode that I love. These picks are picked for you by Chris Powell and AJ Barsa for your quality assurance. All right, what do you got, AJ? So for me, I've got two straps, and they're more of a hands-on thing because I, I've I have both of them. Shout out again, our, our mate across the pond. Uh, Dan t- at Timely underscore Moments. He sent me a Elliott Brown Heritage strap. Um, it's a blue blue woven strap with a, a light blue center line. And I gotta say, Chris, like Elliott Brown has redefined the NATO in my opinion with the strap. Alrighty. The it is minimalist to a T, where there's only one buckle. There's no keepers. The buckle is its own keeper. As a matter of fact, it's a patent pending design of a buckle. Um, the only way I can describe it to you, dear listener, is if you remember the alligator strap or alligator clip type of things on a, on a suspender strap. Oh, I remember those well. When I was a little shaver, my mom made me wear suspenders. Right. So basically imagine if that was in between a, a butterfly hinged buckle where the strap feeds itself in and it locks against those kind of alligator teeth. Um, and it don't move like it's pretty amazing take a look at you have to google it to really understand what i'm talking about but the other cool thing about this is elliot brown partnered with a manufacturer at a derbyshire uk called bauer bond they were originally established in 1795 hello and so this victorian shuttle loom um sent it's, it's in a similar vein of um what I, i've seen tudor do with their premium straps where it's an old school loom that a whole bunch of threads and then you have this wooden shuttle that goes back and forth um apparently there are 200 wrapped threads with antibacterial that are that is is being in each of these straps it feels as durable as all get out soft it's it's a it's an amazing strap like I'm, i'm i'm just gobbing on about it but quite frankly like it's it it's a redefinition of what a strap can be for an adventure seeker or somebody who wants to be dressed up just slightly. And this is where you need right now, dear listener, to punch that link on your podcast app to check out elliebrownwatches.com slash collections slash straps yes. to check out this wonderful uh, NATO webbing watch strap going on with yeah. the shuttle loom. It's it's pretty it's pretty killer. They also have a little bit of a video I've, I got in the show notes as well. The other one, which um, 
I got a huge shout out to, which is RSM straps, also known as the walrus strap. So this was this was something that I um I, I was I was doing kind of a photo competition that you see on Instagram every so often. Um anyway, uh, RSM sent me a strap out of that that photo competition and I've I've been eyeing them for quite some time because they have a very unique webbing. Um, they have something called their engraved straps, which basically looks like a standard watch strap, but there's a blue or a, a different colored line in the middle. But unlike most other straps that you've probably had on your wrist or um, have seen online, the stripe in the center it it kind of it's an in, it's indented into the actual fabric. It's a dip, and so there's added texture from it. I'm quite smitten with this 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 um, strap so much so that it's basically bonded to my my Aquascaf bronze. Uh, I have the coffee uh, strap, which is brown, kind of almost bronze with a blue line in the center. And quite frankly, like this this should have been one of the straps that like Baltic should offer this bronze watch on. I'm looking at your watch right now and I'm seeing that this is so unique in the color scheme. Yeah. And uh, it's not like your typical watch with a typical black strap, you know, stereotypical kind of thing. This one is like, wow, there's a whole lot of modern colors going on in there. Yeah, but it's also so, it, it's, it reminds me a lot of kind of uh, Terry's philosophy over at, at Toxic Natos. Like he he picked the colors that are more natural, more subdued because it goes with more, more, more things. And I kind of feel like RSM takes the same same vein. Qu- quoting from their website, quote, we started off with the herringbone twill strap. It was inspired by, from the historical M1941 HBT uniform issued to soldiers in World War One. I haven't experienced one of their twill straps, but like they started off with that and then they've kind of expanded from there. But quite frankly, I've, I pointed a lot of my my friends and colleagues to these engraved straps because one, the texture, but two, their hardware is pretty cool. It's just a square buckle. Uh, it's a pinning keeper buckle um, that you find with holes. So you can you can kind of, um, you know, pick the best hole for your 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 wrist. But they also take the same play out of like crown and buckles chevron strap where the actual buckle head you can adjust so you can lengthen or shorten it based off of your wrist. You know, you can run it as long or as short as you like. So it's it's kind of nice. Chris, I've gobbed on too much again. What do you got? <laughs> uh, you know, as, I, as I'm going over and preparing for this episode and trying to like cram uh, w- whatever I'm doing to try to hang with the watch fam on oh, this one. Oh, you hang. Because I got imposter syndrome for this kind of stuff because I got one watch. But I got a feeling, you know, like in 2021, you made a comment about uh, like some women will be buying a watch for a major feat. And I got a feeling like in 2021, there may be more than one watch in my collection. Oh, wow. Um, you know, for quality assurance, there's a there's a watch company out there and it's not one of the big guns, but they are really impressive in my book. We have mentioned them before and one of the listeners of the show, hey, Tom, uh, has worn one and is a a bit of an evangelist of them. And this is for Live Watches, L-I-V Watches. If I really bust my hump in 2021 and, you know, happen to like go to the casino and push the button and I get a big old jackpot, the P-51, oh yes, it shall be mine. This is the Wayne's World thing where I look at the window. Party time. Party time. Excellent. The P-51 limited edition with uh, a a beautiful uh, strap. But from a reasonable standpoint, oh, oh, uh, a see. more affordable one, the Rebel DDC, the orange yeah. on their website, squarish face, 41 millimeter, Swiss Ronda caliber Z60, yep. sapphire crystal, super luminova BGW9, W9. loom, 100, min- 100 meters water resistant. I have a choice of a rubber, leather, metal, or a suede strap. Thank you very much. Because 
the dark gray goes lovely with the orange, and that thing sticks out. It is. Live definitely designs very avant-garde. Yes, and while it can be avant-garde, you call it avant-garde, I call it... Bold. Attention-getting. Bold. When I go to a coffee shop, and I got a big left wrist, and if I'm going to be showing mainly, if I'm going to be wearing black attire, and I got a dark gray and orange watch, that's going to be like, yeah... I'm eyeballing the live watches. Yeah, this is the second time you've brought it up. Yeah, I know. And if I keep telling myself this, I'll probably throw down. But I've, you know, I've I've enjoyed the SKX for a number of years now, and I just don't want to add another one. I'm very cautious. But for quality assurance, I give it up to the, the Live Revel DDC uh, because orange doesn't need to be the new black. It's just awesome orange. Wow. But you know, all those uh, features on a sesame seed bun, you know what we needed with a sesame seed bun? A fork. That's right. Stick uh, a fork wah, in the show. Wah, wah. That wraps up for this 174th edition dedicated to you, the watch fam of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get our podcast. Remember, if you are in the Bellingham area PNW, you might be listening to us on Terrestrial KMRE 102.3 FM. There are community parodies streaming all over the world at KME kmre.org <laughs> what voice is that what, I, I what voice do we do i, I don't know i don't anyway, know it's just ew, it's, a little bit of the i don't know i don't know it's just a random kind of thing drink your tea it's the tea talking yep. and i'm aj barsight and i'm chris powell thanks very much for joining us for episode 174 heaven help us on the bellingham podcast yeah.